Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to Catch Cover Live and Fish House Nation podcast. Today I'm super excited to interview a guy that has inspired so many people, including myself, not just to start filming their fishing adventures, but just to get out there and do some ice fishing. Uh, I think it's really cool. Uh, Jay Siemens from the Jay Siemens YouTube channel. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Jay, uh, you've had your channel now for about four years, but obviously, you know, you've been doing this for longer. You give our audience some information how you got started creating fishing content. Oh, man. Well, I used to be uh, a fishing guide. I made my I made my living. I spent my summers guiding in northern Manitoba, northern Saskatchewan. And uh, kind of in that in that whole process of being a fishing guide, I I got a love for photography and videography. Um, and then, you know, I was 18, 19 years old and didn't know what I wanted to do. Didn't know if I want to go to college. And I was like, well, I'll go to photography school. I, I didn't have aspirations to be a professional photographer, but I thought it'd be a cool thing to, uh, you know, to to hone that skill a little bit. And then even if it's just a hobby in the future, but right before I went to photography school, my good buddy, Aaron Weeb, uh, had the idea to start a fishing show. So he was like, Hey Jay, do you want to drop out of school? This was three days before photography school was supposed to start. He said, you want to drop out of school and film a fishing show with me? So I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I really looked up to Aaron and what he did. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's do this. It was my dream to be part of a fishing show. So that's kind of like snowballed the whole thing. I filmed with him for, uh, I don't even know how many years, probably five, six years. And then, uh, and then I kind of started filming my own, my own exploits. So that, that's kind of where it all began. And it, it wasn't like an overnight thing. It was just, uh, um, my, my love for photography grew. And I was like, well, if I can document my adventures, maybe, maybe someone wants to watch them. And if, if no one wants to watch them, at least maybe, uh, I can, I can, you know, watch them back in a couple of years or my parents will watch them. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of how it all began. Yeah, so you kind of just started doing this. You dropped out of photography school. So are you basically kind of self-taught, learn as you go? Uh, tell us a little bit about and the stuff that you're shooting. It's, it's I think, beyond creative, and it's stuff that really a lot of the stuff is really breathtaking, what you're doing. How, you know, what, do you, what did you do to learn these skills? Well, thank you. Um, I mean, the, the same way that you and I go to YouTube to find, you know, new fishing techniques and all that stuff is the same way for me with photography. So, I mean... If I would have gone to photography school, I would have learned, you know, how to develop film photos and photography history. Not not that those things are important, but like when you go and do it, you just you're forced into specifically learning what you need to learn to, to make that happen, to film fishing or to film hunting, whatever that might be. So if I had a, a question, I would just go to YouTube, go to Google and search that specific question. Yeah. So like YouTube is what I give all the credit for um, teaching me you know, I, I definitely had some mentors along the way as well. I, I can't, you know, forget that. Um, but YouTube was, was such a good resource for, for all of that. Cause it's just, it's free and it's right at your fingertips and you can learn, you know, every, most everything you need to know. So that, that's kind of how I got into, you know, yeah. Progressing as a videographer and it's just, a, it's a lot of trial and error, right? Yeah. A lot, a lot of making mistakes and learning from those yeah. and I think today, you know, if you ask the average, you know, anywhere from 10 to, to 20 year old kid, what do you want to be? And I think a lot of them will say they want to be a YouTuber. Uh, so what did Jay Siemens want to be when, when he was a youngster? 
Oh man, I, I wanted to, I wanted to be part of a fishing show. I want, I mean, I don't know if it was necessarily to have a fishing show, but yeah, was, I mean, that, that was, I, I always knew it was a bit of a pipe dream to have a fishing show, but you know, when I, when I became a fishing guide, I'm like, this is good. I'm making my, my living, you know, being, being in a boat, even though I wasn't the one fishing. And then when I got more into photography, I was like able to go on cool trips, even though I wasn't the one fishing. And even now it's like, I don't, I don't need to be the one fishing. I can be just as content with the person holding the camera. Now I kind of, you know, have my camera on a tripod. So uh, I'm kind of filming and kind of fishing at the same time. But yeah, like I wanted, I wanted to be doing kind of exactly what I was doing now, but you know, 25 years ago, it, it didn't look the same. You know, you had this, this camera crew that would follow you along and you filmed to tape cassettes. So like, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very different. The, uh, yeah, that, that photo video world and, and being able to uh, create your own show. Yeah. It's interesting. You can, you really can go out and, and it's, you know, there's so many people that say, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this, but I don't know how. And it's like, you know, today with YouTube and with, with the cameras we have on our phones, if you just want to get started, it's super easy to get started. Uh, if you guys have any questions for Jay, just go ahead and put them in the comments and we'll get them to you, to that, to, to Jay as we go here. Uh, but Jay, I wanted to ask you, one of my favorite episodes is the show that you guys went out on ice skates. And, and oh, yeah. I think it was on Lake of the Woods filming on ice skates. What went into that episode? How'd you guys come up with that idea? Um, yeah, my buddy, my buddy, Jamie Bruce from Kenora, he, he posted a picture on Facebook, um, the, uh, the night before we filmed that show and he had been skating across Lake of the Woods and it was a very unique year because it got really cold overnight and, um, it just, it, it froze over. It had been cold for a couple days and there wasn't any snow because normally it gets cold and then snow comes with it and you can't do that. So once I saw the conditions and I saw my buddy had done it, I'm like, well, I'm not going to take his idea. Maybe he'll want to take me out. He knows Lake of the Woods as good as anyone. So um, my cameraman Nick was around and uh, yeah, we headed out on skates and you know, the fishing was a bonus, but it was, it was uh, a pretty, I think it was a pretty Canadian thing to do to head out on, on skates. And even this year, I, I think I did two or three trips on skates just because when the lakes freeze and it's not thick enough for an ATV or a snow machine yet, you may as well take skates because then you can haul your toboggan. And it's so much faster than walking. Um, it is painful wearing skates for like six or eight hours though. But uh, yeah, that, that was, that was a fun one. You got to pack your boots in the toboggan and just skate yeah. out there though. But like you say, you cover so much ground so much quicker uh, via, via the skate than, than just the boot. So yeah. I love that. Uh, so that's one of my favorite shows. What are some of the, the episodes that you're most proud of? When you think about the work that you've done, what are some things that you're super proud of? Hmm. Um, so every once in a while, if I do a longer trip, I'll kind of like, I'll call it a film. I'll add a little more time into doing some narration. And instead of turning like one day of fishing into one video, I'll turn a week of fishing into like a, a longer video and try to make it a little more cinematic. And I, I mean, I think that's what I love about YouTube is that there's, there's no rules. So I can make a, you know, five minute how to video, or I can make a 45 minute film. And I think at the end of the day, I like looking back on those films. Um, but probably one of my favorite videos would be me proposing to my wife. Um, just cause it wasn't something she was expecting. It totally caught her off guard and just have that, that memory on film. You know, I think that'll definitely, uh, outweigh any fish i've caught on film but uh yeah I, I don't know that that that's my favorite part about what i do is just being able to have those have those memories right and to be able to show them to you know my future kid one day and i think i'd love to see videos of my parents when they were young there's right. some photos but there's no videos right so to have videos of 
how dorky they may have looked or, you know, how dorky I look, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that actually leads me to, to a bunch of the other questions I had going on, but we'll go to, go to, you brought up Samantha. Uh, she's become a really big part of your channel. What's it like sharing your experiences and, and just sharing your work with her when you're out doing these things? You know, I, I would be lying to say it was easy starting to work together because when we started dating, it wasn't long after I was like, I think I'm going to pursue YouTube. And it was, it was turning these fun outings into like a, a work trip and having a camera in there. And um, it was, it was definitely something we had to work through because as soon as you have cameras in your face, it's, it's not, it's not a relaxing day fishing. And she, she's taking it in stride and she, she's very patient with me with the filming and stuff. But um, yeah, it's uh, I love having her along and she doesn't, she doesn't pretend to be, you know, an expert angler. And I love that because I think it's, I think it's relatable. And, and I think, you know, other, other females and stuff, uh, if she can inspire other females to go to and, and fish, I think, I think that's fantastic. So it's been cool being able to share that journey with her. And she, she kind of keeps all the office work, like all the bookkeeping, all that stuff. She's, she's on the back end helping with, with my production company and with uh, catch and cook. So she's, uh, yeah, she keeps, she keeps the ship afloat, even though she isn't on, uh, on all the fishing trips. And it's, it's also a, um, for me, I'm learning like what, what's the right, not Sam doesn't want to be on every trip, right. When I'm on an exploratory mission and on a lake that I may not catch fish on, that might not be the best trip to take Sam on. So it's always trying to figure out, yeah, this would be a good trip for you, Sam. I think you, I think you'd appreciate this one. So no, it's good. Yeah, I, I do a ton of marketing videos for a lot of different places, too, and I have to explain to people, today I'm work fishing, and maybe tomorrow I'll be fun fishing. So we yeah. have work fishing and fun fishing at my house, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Sam's like, why are you so mad that you lost that fish? And I'm like, well, that would have made the video. It would have been so good. Like, you know, it's it's everything's, It's like fishing a tournament. When you catch a big fish in a tournament or lose a big fish in a tournament, it's all elevated, and that's, like, exactly how I feel filming a video. It's like every, every day is a tournament against myself or against the lake right so right yeah you brought up timing a little while ago too you know you've got these feature length type of videos and then you've got those it seems like the cadence of your channel a lot of is that kind of 15 to 22 minutes seems to be kind of the magic area that you're playing in yeah. what is it about that length uh that it seems to be that's the length that you, you hit most often uh I, I just think it's a time that you can sit down and it's not a huge commitment um I think it's enough that you can tell a story. I think you can tell a story in less time, but I think 15 to 20 is good. I think if you get to, you know, 40 to 60 minutes, you need to have a very well-told story because otherwise it can just, you lose people's attention. I want, I want someone to get to the end of the video and be like, ah, I wish it was a little bit longer. You know, um, there was something I heard in, in, uh, at a seminar I was at about storytelling and they were saying, you want to enter the scene late and leave the scene early. You want to have just, just the essentials. And when I make a video or Brandon, Brandon's one of my, he is my main editor that edits a lot of my stuff and he'll send me a video and it'll be 28 minutes long. It'll come onto my desk and I'll trim it down to that 22 or 25. And it's like, sometimes I'm cutting out fish. Sometimes I'm cutting out funny stuff, but I want to only present the best of the best. And even though keeping the video longer might make me a couple more dollars on YouTube, I'd rather have the audience like, it fully engaged and not dropping off halfway through. So I think 15 to 20 is good, but I think it's something you can always experiment with. And that's the beauty of YouTube. When you were on TV, you were tied to 22 minutes all the time and now it can be anything. Right. So. 
you keep bringing up a couple different people you're working with. And I know that, that you were working with Aaron early on. Um, yeah. You know, if there's people out there that are thinking about starting doing this, how do they, I think building a team is kind of important just so you've got somebody to help you. How do you go about kind of building a team and getting people to work with you that, that you can go out and do, do this type of thing? And obviously, I don't think anybody's going to go out and make Jay Siemens videos tomorrow, but but go out and just get started and, and try to start doing something like what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm very fortunate to be able to have, you know, someone that can help edit because when Brandon's out editing, I can be out shooting. But uh, my good buddy Clayton Schick, and even even Aaron Wee back in the day, he edited all of his own videos. Clayton edits all of his own videos. He hasn't offloaded that. Um, and yeah, it it uh, you get that personal touch when you do it yourself. For me, I'm able to keep the momentum and you know not burn out if I'm in front of the computer the whole time. So I mean, yeah, I think working as a team in general. I know there's some YouTubers that team up, and it's like a, it's a duo. So one person can do the shooting one time, one person can do the editing next time. And I think that works well, but um, the reason why making YouTube videos and becoming a YouTuber is, is the barrier to entry is so much easier than a TV show back in the day. A TV show back in the day, you needed probably an editor dedicated, uh, a videographer with a $100,000 camera, and and then the talent, like whoever hosted the show. And now one person can do it all. Like Aaron right now, he films himself, he edits himself, and he's the host. And it, it makes it that much more feasible to break into it. That's why there's only a couple of people doing it back in the day because it was the barrier to entry was so tough. Now anyone can do it. So yeah, I mean, you can, the dream is to have a team uh, and I'm, I'm very blessed to have, you know, Brandon editing and Sam helping with, with all that other stuff. Um, but I don't want that to discourage people thinking they need a team. Cause I think a lot of people and even a lot of people that are some of the, some of the biggest names in the YouTube world are doing it all by themselves. So well, you and Sam uh, also just oh, you got some big news. You you've got uh, a, a a little one on the way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations first, on that. First child. Thank you very much. First first baby boy. Uh, due June twelfth. So uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. I already was talking to Sam the other day. And I'm like, so what are your thoughts on you know our our boy being part of part of videos? Because that's something that people have conflicting views on some people are like, well, I'm going to wait until my kid is old enough to make a decision if he or she wants me in the videos or not. And then there's other YouTubers that will have their kids part of their videos from day one. And they make, they show the lifestyle, they show what it's like to travel with kids and, and parenting and the struggles. Um, and that, that's what I'm leaning towards because I, I don't know, I want, I want my channel to be relatable and I know there's going to be struggles and I know it's going to change my life, but I, I kind of want to bring bring everyone along for it. Cause that's, that's what I like about YouTube is that it's a community. So. Yeah. You guys have also made a land purchase recently. What do you, what do you got going on there? What's it, what's in store for that? Yeah. So um, moving to Kenora, I became really good friends with, with my buddy, Scott Green, who lives a couple houses down from me and he knows the community really well. He does like uh, tourism and, and that sort of stuff in the area. And he, uh, he purchased a piece of property along with our buddy Spencer and he said, "Hey Jay, do you want to be part of this little this little adventure? We want to create an outpost, fishing camp, lodge, whatever you want to call it." And uh, I was just like, "Yeah, that that sounds cool." Like I, I think um, I think just documenting the whole journey is going to be unique, and then having a little place on Lake of the Woods to call our own, and that we can share with, uh, you know, share with others, share with people that want to come up to Lake of the Woods, and I can send them to a place that 
I know because it's it's mine, right? So yeah, we're we're gonna break ground this spring. Um, it's about 20, 30 miles um, either from Kenora or the Northwest Angle on Lake of the Woods. It's kind of the same distance from the Angle or from Kenora. And on an island, it's like one of the best musky areas, bass, walleye areas on the lake. And uh, yeah, we're gonna build our first cabin. Hopefully it's done by like August. And uh, and then we can start having people staying in there. But I think it'll be, I think just, I think the whole journey, I, I know nothing about building. I think my role is gonna be more so just documenting all of it and uh, and sharing it with, sharing it with the channel, so. You're gonna have one busy summer this year. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've been working with Hunt Fish Manitoba pretty much from the start. And one of the things that we've been talking about this year on our show is destinations. And I think that's another cool thing that you've done is you've kind of introduced a lot of places to people who never knew about them. I mean, I remember, you know, Wacusco Falls yeah, doing all those shows there. And, and that's a place that I don't think was on the radar of a lot of people. And you've introduced those kind of places to people. What are some of your favorite destinations, some of your favorite places to go out and do shows on? Oh, favorite destinations. I mean, yeah, Manitoba, Huntfish Manitoba has been they really allowed me to to do my YouTube channel full time. And I'm like forever grateful for that. And I, I've been able to see all corners of the province. Um, yeah. Wacusco Falls, uh, Viking Lodge uh, isn't too far away. Evergreen. There isn't that many like year round accommodations in the north. There's there's Baker's Narrows up north. So those are like, you know, four of the big ones. Um, I really like Moak Lodge, which is in northern Manitoba as well. I've done a number of videos at Manitou Weather Station Lodge, which is kind of southeast of Kenora. Um, but yeah, I mean, every every lodge is a little bit different. And, and when I guided at lodges, I got one perspective, but now visiting them as, as guests, I guess you could say, um, you see, you know, some lodges have amazing accommodations and maybe their fishing isn't as good. And other places, the accommodations lack a little bit, but their fishing's amazing. So I like to help people out with that too when people you know, message me. They're like, Hey Jay, this is what I want. I want to take, you know, my son here and we want to fish for lake trout and we don't care about the accommodations. We just want the best fishing possible. Well, then it's like, Oh, you should go here. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's cool. It's cool to see all those places. I'm definitely very blessed. Um, a, a trip that sticks out in my mind, um, Sasaginagak, they have, uh, they have amazing outpost cabins there. I, I did that one not too long ago. Uh, Lori river lodge has an outpost on Kamachawi Lake. I took my dad there for lake trout. So, I mean, I, I could, I could go over, I could go for a while talking about different lodges, but uh, we're, we're so lucky in Canada. Like I, you know, I, I just came back from fishing in the States and the fishing's amazing, but there's just so many people in the States. Like I was, I, I drove down to Dallas to do some bass fishing and the population density is just, I mean, there's more people in, in Texas probably than all of Canada, right? And you go to Canada and there's just no one and you, you go to a lake and you don't see a person all day and that's just the norm. So, Yeah, with the pandemic, uh, we're seeing more and more people getting into fishing, which is a yeah. great thing to grow Absolutely. the sport. But it's another thing. You go out to your favorite spot and there's lots of your favorite people right out there enjoying that spot with you now these days. Yeah. So it's it's become uh, more and more difficult to find that hideaway spot. Even, you know, we're up here in Minnesota and Wisconsin uh tough to get away from people sometimes yeah hard house fishing is what we're seeing anyway is it's really evolving in canada um it just seemed like there's a lot of kind of the homemade kind of stuff out there but you recently did a video with kind of a manufactured type of home yeah. uh, we're seeing a lot more wheelhouses up there and and that homemade culture is still there but things are starting to 
uh, I guess, modernized, I guess, in, in that in that world. Where do you see kind of the state of hardhouse fishing in Canada right now? Yeah, I would say like ice castles are definitely gaining popularity in Canada. Um, like you mentioned, there's there's a company called Artspan out of southern Manitoba, and I, I built a shack for them with with catch covers. Catch covers were were they were tough to find. They're a hot commodity. I I I, I was told they're they're back in stock now, but I had to do some hunting to find all the yes, pieces, but it, <laughs> very very difficult. But, but I found them, and um, yeah, it was great. We we put a shack together, and and I I. Uh, I gave the shack to my buddy. I, I don't, it, it really depends on where you live and your style of fishing. If, if a hard sided shack is for you, um, you know, my friend lives on the shores of Lake Manitoba and it makes so much sense for him to have that hard sided shack and he fishes out of it all the time. For me, I'm bouncing from lake to lake as much. So it doesn't make quite as much sense. Um, but yeah, like uh, my buddy Jaden started uh, an ice castle uh, rental business on Lake of the Woods a couple years ago. And he's been adding a couple ice castles every year because it's been so busy. And I think the hard-sided shack also became a getaway during the pandemic because it's you're sleeping on the ice. It's like a little getaway, but you don't have to travel that far depending on where you live. So yeah, it's it's becoming a social thing, right? To it's an experience. It's not just fishing a new lake. It's like you're you're sleeping, you're catching fish all night, you're cooking on the ice. So yeah, I'm definitely seeing more ice castles and hard-sided shacks. Yeah, popping up. Yeah. For that's something we say all the time. I think the people who, who are buying these things, honestly, you know, fishing itself is kind of about priority five or six for them. Yeah. They're going out. It, it's, it's a camping trip trip on ice for them and yeah. you know, enjoying the family, enjoying friends or whatever it is. Uh, my two, two favorite shows in Canada are Jay Siemens and Letterkenny. So I got to <laughs> know, uh, how's the fishing in Quebec? I haven't, I haven't done any. I've done very, I don't know if I've ever fished in Quebec. I don't think I have. No, I don't think I've ever bought a, a Quebec fishing license before. But Letterkenny, Letterkenny, when I go to the States, all my buddies are quoting Letterkenny all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's how we get your culture down here. Is, yeah. is the Letterkenny. It's, it's good times. Uh, uh, Jay, really appreciate you coming on and giving us some time. Is there something you wanted to talk about today that I didn't ask you about? Oh, man. Um, I don't know about you guys. We got so much snow this winter. We are like this is like record snowfalls right now for what we got. We've been digging a lot out. Um, but yeah, I am, uh, I'm just excited to go hard. I was, I was escaping the winter for a couple of weeks. Now I'm back home. So I'm going to be going hard and, um, I, I'm going to be start filming some videos for next winter. People are starting okay. to think about spring already. So this sure. time I, I start to film for next October, November to get people hyped on, on ice fishing and stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, I hope everyone has a safe season. If they're looking to cook some fish on the ice, got a little company called Catch and Cook. And um, we're looking to expand into the United States this next year. So that's a plan. If someone watching this is a retailer um, of a sporting goods store and they, they want some Catch Cook on them on their shelves, then they should shoot us an email. But uh, yeah, we're trying to trying to take over the fried fish world. That's, that's the goal. <laughs> very, very good. I've got some people I can put you in touch with. I think they can probably help you out with that. Uh, we'll have to talk here in a second, but yeah, I really appreciate you having on. And it has been a weird year in Minnesota as well. We've got so much snow on top of the ice and yeah. there's a lot of people dealing with slush and we've got a big winter storm coming, coming in today. Uh, that's oh, probably going to make it even worse, but it never uh, stops. Yeah. <laughs> 
luckily where I'm from uh, in the southern part of the state, we've got great ice right now, and it's nice. so fun, and we've had a great season. So, good stuff. Uh, Thanks, but, Chris. It was good chatting. Yeah, get you down. Jay, I uh, really appreciate you coming on. And uh, thanks so much to everybody listening and watching, whether it's on Facebook, YouTube, or on the podcast platform. Hope you guys all have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.